Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Amen and amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What a joy to be in the presence of God, worshiping the Lord. His presence is life. His presence is healing. His presence is joy. In His presence is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. I want to thank God for another wonderful Sunday that we can worship God together. I have a a precious word from heaven. I really believe God wants to minister to every one of us today through that word. If you would turn your Bibles with me to the book of Psalm and chapter 92, and I want to look at verse 12 and 13 together. Psalm chapter 92 and verse 12 and 13 together. The Bible says the righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. He will grow like the cedars in Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. Planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. The Bible talks about the righteous one is going to be planted in the house of the Lord. Because the Bible says that God is actually planning a wonderful plan for your life and my life. Our lives are not abrupt. Our lives are not just surprises. Our lives are not something just random. Our lives are planned by the Lord and God wants us to be planted in some places. God wants us, you know, he has, a, he has his plan for when we should be born and plan for where, which region we should live and plan for where God wants us to be planted. Plans for where God wants us to be planted in the house of God, in the family of God, in a specific region, in a specific place. So the Bible, when he says, the righteous person will be like the palm tree, it's talking about a fruitful tree. Like the cedars of Lebanon is talking about a, a strong cedar, a strong tree that can be used for building many things. Then he says, planted in the house of the Lord. Fruitful, will not be shaken, and planted in the house of God. They will flourish in the courtyards of our God. I believe God wants us to understand there is power in being planted in the house of God. You know, once the Lord ascended into heaven, He gave the disciples an instruction to go into all the world and make disciples of every nation. But they begin by gathering together as local churches, as ecclesia. In the book of uh, Acts, you see that the disciples, the leaders, they got together and as they gathered, they begin to minister, begin to pray. They formed local churches and leaders were over those local churches. And people that were being saved, the Bible says, were daily being added to the church. They were daily being added to the church. There was a gathering together. There was an inward coming in of people. And life was being done in those churches. People came together. They grew together. They loved God together. They worshiped God together. They prayed together. You know, in these unprecedented times where COVID is, you know, spread all around the world, a pandemic, we have been challenged from that very thing by the enemy, by the evil one, by the devil, who's been trying to stop people from gathering together to worship because of this particular health condition. We've all been limited from gathering because of these conditions. And what really happens is that we, we are unable to fulfill everything that God has actually planned for the church of doing life together. But nevertheless, that doesn't change the fact in the coming days as things come back to normal again, God's intention is for the house of God to do life together. God's intention is for you and me not to live loner lives, not to be separated like it has you know, happened over the last year. Many have been separated from the house of God. Many have stopped going to church. Many have stopped worshiping. Many have stopped tuning in to listen to God's word. But the faithful, the ones that love Jesus, have continued tuning in and worshiping and gathering online and, and worshiping God because they know what it means to be powerfully filled with the Holy Spirit and receive the word of God and grow together as a family of God. Now, God's, Jesus said in Matthew's Gospel 16, verse 8, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell 
shall not prevail against it. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now we need to understand that God is still today interested in the church of the living God. And he's interested in you and me becoming part of that family, becoming part of that body. He wants to plant us in a local church. He wants to plant us in the body of Christ. He wants to plant us in serving God. He wants to plant us in a place. God does not want us to be unplanted. Now, if you would look at your Bibles with me, we're going to look in at many scriptures from Genesis chapter 2 and Genesis chapter 3. You know, this is the story that God needed. But let me begin with Genesis chapter 2 and verse 8. The Bible says, The Lord planted a garden towards the east in Eden, and there he placed the man whom he formed. The Lord planted a garden towards the east, and there he placed the man whom he had formed. You see, there was a planting of a garden. When God created the whole earth, he created the whole earth, and everywhere there was fruit-bearing tree, there were animals, there were fish in the sea, there were birds in the sky, there was everything. But yet you see, God specifically says, towards the east in Eden, God planted a garden. God took time to form something special, a unique space, a unique place where God could create and place man. God planted a garden towards the east in Eden, and there he placed the man whom he had formed. So God, even though God had created man outside the garden, the Bible says that God placed him in this garden. There was a unique space that God created for Adam. That's very, very interesting. He created the garden, he planted the garden, and then he placed the man. Now, man was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that when man was born, created, God breathed into him. He had the Holy Spirit in, into him. The life of God was inside man. And with this life of God, man could travel anywhere in the world that he wanted. But nevertheless, God created a specific space for him. When you look in these two chapters in Genesis chapter 2 and 3, you will find a lot of parallels between the Garden of Eden and the church of the living God. You find a lot of parallels between the Garden of Eden and the church of the living God. <coughs> we see that, that, that when we see in the book of... Let's look at that in a little more detail in Genesis and chapter 2. The God is... As he was planning and involving in the life of man and planning things in the garden, there was a lot of things that we see God specifically took detail to reflect the ecclesia, the church of the living God, and to reflect a similar thing in the garden. All the world was open to man, but God chose to create a space for Adam. And he said, I want you to live here. I want you to work here. I want you to spend time here. I want you to be blessed here. I want you to be fruitful here. And from here, amazing things are going to happen. Let's look at some of the things that God placed in the garden. One of the first things we see that God placed in the garden was God created fellowship in the garden. We see in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8. We're going to look at some verses here. And so go flow with me here. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Which means Adam and Eve were in the garden and God who created the heavens and the earth, who's throwing stars in his face, took time to come to Adam and Eve and fellowship with them. One of the great intentions of God was to fellowship with man, to commune with man. Even though the Holy Spirit was in Adam, he was born of the Holy Spirit. He was created by the Holy Spirit. Nevertheless, God took time to come and fellowship with Adam and Eve. God loved Adam and Eve. And it was so important for him to spend time to fellowship, that they would do life. God took time. So one of the things we see in the garden was fellowship. Similarly today in the church of the living God, one of the things the Lord says, do not be in the habit of not going for fellowship as some are in the habit of doing. The Bible specifically says in the church of the living God, one of the things God has intended, God wants us to come together and fellowship together as a family of the living God. When things unroll back to normal, I believe God wants us to do that today. Technologically, we're able to connect like we are right now. We are maybe in distances and we're in different places. But nevertheless, God wants us not only to do life through technology, even though it's good, it has its own challenges. The same technology 
has made people, you know, you know, jump from, from, you know, from website to website and from service to service. They are in many places listening to different worships, listening to different messages, but not knowing what it means to be powerfully planted in a local church. They don't know what it means to be planted in fellowship. Fellowship with people that love God. Fellowship with people that know God and want to grow in the Lord. Human beings are designed relationally. We're not designed to live separate lives. We are designed to do life together, to meet together, to, to do life together, to pray together, to worship together, to seek God together. This is what we're designed for. And God had done that even in the garden. In the garden we see Genesis 2.7 that the life-giving breath of God came upon Adam, which means there was a Holy Spirit filling that happened in the garden in Genesis 2-7. It was filled with the life of God. In the garden, we see that when, he, when, when Adam was filled with the Holy Ghost, he was anointed to do the, the amazing works of God. So also today in the church, God wants to fill the church with the Holy Spirit. When you, when you are planted in the house of God, God doesn't want you to just live an ordinary life. He wants you to come there. He wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that you can live the life of God. You and I can live an abundant life. We see in the garden, Genesis 2.18. Let's look at that verse. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. We see, and the Lord said, God said, It is not good for a man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. God wanted to find a helper that was going to be suitable for Adam. Not just any helper, not just someone who attracted to, not someone, just someone who has a great job or a, 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 you know, a lot of money coming in. The Bible says God wanted to find Adam a helper suitable for him. Now to find a suitable helper, it's, it's easy to find a helper, just fall in love with somebody or find somebody and just decide you want to get married. But to find a helper that's suitable, the Bible says, you need to be part of the house of God to find others who love God the way you do. To find just anybody, we can find them anywhere. But when we are in the house of God, planted in the house of God, that is where a suitable helper like Adam found Eve. Like God brought Eve to Adam, it was a suitable helper. You know, suitable for what? Having the same vision, having the same passion, wanting to do life, wanting to serve God. So it's one thing to just find a, a spouse, but it's quite another thing to find a spouse that is suitable. For a child of God who loves Jesus, where better to find a spouse that loves Jesus than to be planted in the house of God. Many people live loner lives. They, 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 you know, they, they, away from the house of God, away from relationships, away from meeting people, away from all of that. When, when all of us are separated from all of this, we are unable to find someone who would love God and want to do life together. When I married, uh, got married, I found my spouse. I found my spouse because I was part of church. I was part of you know, worshiping God. And, and she was part of church and she was worshiping God. And I want you to know that's a place we can really find people that are like-minded and love God. Genesis chapter 2 and 21 says, Not only... Was it a place where you found spouse or all that? 21 and 22, it was also a place of miracles. You see in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 21, And the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon man, and he slept. He slept so much, that was spiritual anesthesia. And he took one of his ribs out of man, and he closed up that flesh in that place. This was a place in the garden where Adam was learning to sacrifice, to let go. It was a place he was allowing God to, 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 to work on his life. He was learning to trust God. The garden was a place of trust. The garden was a place of rest. The garden was a place of God's spiritual surgery. Garden was a place of God creating, miraculously creating Eve. And not just that, garden was also a place of great healing. But God closed his side. And when he allowed God to do that work in him, God began to bring other people in his life to do life together. I believe today as you and I are planted in the house of God, that's also a place where God teaches us to, to rest in God while God is doing a spiritual surgery in our heart. Many times when we come to the house of God, God begins to use people in our life to work on us. There are people who will speak into our life. There are people who will, you know, who will mentor us and, and teach us and walk with us and talk with us. It's not a spiritual information, nor is it just spiritual entertainment. The house of God is a family of God doing life together. Sometimes we get hurt. 
Sometimes we get offended. Sometimes, you know, but nevertheless, God allows those opportunities to transform us. Many people, they leave church because they say, I'm offended. I don't like the way he spoke. I think he's too proud. I think she's not, you know, a godly person. We look down on people without knowing that God plants us in a house. God plants us there because some of the winds and the wave and the storms of those places help us to actually flourish, to be fruitful and to grow. So the house of God, the Bible says, is a place of sacrifice. Adam had to sacrifice something from within him. Something that was part of him, he sacrificed. And he had to allow God to bring a closure to that circumstance and bring a healing. Even in the house of God, many times we have to sacrifice. God brings us and plants us to become part of a local church. Why? Because he wants to teach us sacrifice. Many of us want to live a convenient life. What is convenient? What's okay for me? What's possible with me? But God wants us to go beyond the convenient. God wants us to go into a life of sacrifice. God wants us to learn to let go of some things so that others can be blessed. You know, when Adam let go of his rib, that is when Eve had a new life. That is when the person of Eve began to prosper and flourish when Adam had to sacrifice and let go, that's when someone else began to take new life and new shape. And, uh, and, there was, and even when he let go and it cost him and he sacrificed, God saw to it that God would close that side and bring healing and a closure to that circumstance. The house of God where you and I are planted are a place where God wants to bring closure to our life. It's a place where God wants to bring closure to circumstances or situations in our life. God wants to bring healing. <coughs> the house of God is a place of healing. This is why God wants us to do life. This is why God wants us to come to a place where we can actually do life together. Not only is the house of God a place of healing, the house of God is a place where God brings unity. God teaches different people that don't look alike, that don't walk alike, that don't talk alike, have different ideas, opinions. And he brings them not to be uniform, but to be united. <coughs> I'm sorry. Not to be uniform in everything, but to be united. So God takes Eve, and he creates Eve to be a totally different looking person. She walked different. She talked different. She sounded different. She thought different. Her emotions were different. She was wired for another role. She was wired for a different role. And then God said, I want to make you one flesh. Genesis and, and, and chapter 2 and verse 22. And the Lord fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. And the man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of the man. You see, there was a, there was a taking out. And look, look at it. For this cause a man shall leave his father and mother. <coughs> sorry. And cleave to his wife. And they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife both were naked and not ashamed. So God began to he use the circumstance of sacrifice and challenges and problems to bring them to a place of healing and unity. Not only was the garden a place of unity and healing, the garden was also a place of identity. You know, in the church of the living God, God wants us to bring us to a place of unity. God wants to teach us how to be one. God wants to teach us how to be healed. We many come with many baggages from our past, broken past, broken circumstances, broken situations. God says, come, I want to plant you in the house. I want to bring healing in your life over there. I want you to learn to work with people. I want you to learn to associate with people so that you can be healed in your heart. That you don't have to live loner lives. Not only will you be healed, but I also want to give you a new identity. I want you, be, I want you to know what it means to become the sons of God. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of the living God, sons and daughters of God. The house of God is a place where God wants to restore your identity. Many people, you know what Adam and Eve does, he just, they, they, that's a place where Genesis 2 and verse 23, it is actually a place of identity. It says, and the man said, now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, 
shall he shall be called woman there's a new identity that is given to the woman in association with the man and man's identity was in association with god many of us our identity is the job we do the car we have, drive the house we own or the nation we live in the race we are from the color of our skin but when you come to the house of god and when god plants you in the house of god that's not your identity your identity becomes that you're adopted into the family of god you're a child of god you're no longer a slave of sin he gives you a new identity in the garden there was giving of a new identity in the garden genesis 2:24 again we see it was the beginning of an institution of marriage that's where the bible says that god says you know i want you to leave your father and mother and i want you to cleave onto your wife which means the two becoming one flesh there he formed the institution of marriage marriage was not man's idea marriage was god's idea god gave specific instructions about marriage and he said it shall not be one man with many wives he said it shall not be one woman with many husbands he said it shall be one man with one woman and you shall be married and you shall form a marriage unit this is the definition of the word of god the bible so everyone following the word of god and every child of god i want you to know in this house of god in the garden in the house of god in the church of the living god the bible says that the bible says that it shall be a man and a woman coming together in the institution of marriage the church of god was a place where god formed the institution and that was the place where he made them come together in a covenant the house of god were planted when you come to the house of god there you can when you want to get married to someone you really you know who loves god and you know that it's time for you to be married the house of god is the place where god wants you to come and make a covenant it's not you know just anywhere in the in the in the presence of family and friends but yet in the presence of believers who love jesus the way you love the house of god is a place of covenant the house of god is a place of the institution the house of god is also a place of instruction when god says i want you to be planted in the house of god i want you to be planted because i want to instruct you if you see the similar in the in the garden of eden what did god do in the garden of eden he gave them instruction genesis and chapter 2 verse 16 and 17 we see and the lord god commanded the man saying from any tree of the garden you may eat freely but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat for on the day you eat from it you shall surely die what god did he gave, began to put boundaries in the garden he said here are my instructions here are my commandments here are my laws and the day you break these laws you're going to die god was not talking about physical death at that point he was talking about spiritual death god knew that if they break those laws those laws were given because of love those laws were given because of order the order the kingdom of god has order the kingdom of god has proper strategical order and god did not want that broken and so he puts order even for adam and eve and he tells adam and eve i want you to don't touch don't eat from that tree of the knowledge of the good and evil and he gave the specific instruction and he tells them not only shall you not eat he says i also want to make the garden a place of provision where you shall eat of every tree god is saying i want you to eat of every other tree enjoy the fruit the garden was a prayer place of provision for adam and eve it was a place of instruction what you shall not eat from and what you shall eat from it was also a place of provision today when you come to the church of the living god when god plants you in the church the church is a place of instruction you will hear certain things from god's word which you may not like to hear the word of god shall say flee youthful lust or do not commit murder or adultery or do not lust after things maybe though some of those things are not things we want to hear but the house of god the house of god is a place where god will give you instructions god will tell you to spend time with him god will instruct you to love to honor your father and mother the the word of god will instruct you to love the saints and serve in the body of christ the lord will instruct you to reach out to the lost with the gospel of jesus christ the 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 family of god the kingdom of god the household of god where god plants you he wants you to be planted because there god wants to give instruction many people want to listen to messages that make them happy seven steps how to prosper and make a lot of money in the kingdom or oh, five steps to become a famous child of god three steps to get to heaven without much problems you know 
I want you to know God's call is not into a life of prosperity. God's call, even though the life with God, God will prosper you. God's call is not into a life of prosperity. God's call is into a life of following Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's our call. He called uh, he, in the garden, he gave instruction. In the garden, he gave blessing. He said, I bless them. I bless them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, rule. The garden was a place where he gave blessing. And not just blessing. Garden was a place he gave them an opportunity to serve one another. To work together, to team up. If you see in Genesis 2.15, the Bible says, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. He took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and to keep it, which means God intended for them to work in the garden, to serve. In the same way, God intends for the family of God to serve in the body of Christ, in the household of God. That's why God plants you. You know, Ephesians 2 and 10 says, For we as workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what? Not to attend Sunday service, not just to sit in front of the TV and say, That was a nice message, pretty good. Oh, that worship was pretty neat. No, God wants us to serve in the house of God. Today, even as we are, you know, bringing the word of God and, and bringing the service to you, to your homes today, it's because many are serving in the house of God, trying to make this happen. Week after week, even in the lockdown, many on the, on, on the media team worked so that, you know, they could bring from their homes so that they could upload this to come into your homes. Why are they doing that? Because they are planted in the house of God. The house of God is a place where you can serve one another. The house of God is not only a place to serve. In the garden you see, another thing God did is God shared his authority. Genesis 2 and verse 19. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the free, uh, field and every bird and brought them to man to see what he would call him. God gave man authority to name all the beasts and all the trees and all, all of that. When he named, God shared his authority with man. God loves to do that. And that's what God did in the garden. Similarly today, in the house of God, God is saying, go in my name. Go into all the world and heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, preach the good news. Go in my name. Make disciples of every nation, says the Lord. God wants us to go in his name. And God wants us to serve in the house of God. How? He wants to delegate his authority. He wants to share his authority. How does he do it? By giving us the Holy Spirit. He wants us to share that authority. Not only does he want to share his authority, God also wants us to share his nature. It's in the garden that when he, you know, in the garden he, he began to share his nature. When Adam and Eve begin to look around, they would see the trees and the plants and the animals and all of that. Romans in chapter 1 says, the glory of God, everything about God's, you know, power and his nature were revealed to man through the things that were created. When Adam and Eve looked around at all the things that are created, when they saw creation itself, they saw God's nature. God began to speak to them, both through communion, personally, God also began to speak to them while they would just look around at nature. In the garden, God spoke to them and taught them about who He was. When you are planted in the house of God, like a cedar of Lebanon, when you're planted in the house of God like the palm trees, there God wants to show you that God is love, that God is forgiveness, that God is long-suffering, God is kind, but God is also a consuming fire, that God is also a judge, that God is merciful, but God is also kind. God wants to show you, <coughs> God wants to show you his nature in the garden. The garden is also a place not only where God shows his nature, the garden is also a place of fruitfulness. God blessed Adam and Eve and said, I want you to be fruitful and multiply. Genesis 2 and verse 3, the Bible says, and God blessed. God blessed them. God blessed the, the third day. God blessed the, the you know, man and God blessed the animals. And, God, and he, he blessed it and sanctified it and he rested from all his work. There was a blessing that God brought. The garden was a place of blessing. You know, when you and I, today God is saying, I want to plant you in the house of God. I want to plant you like I planted Adam and Eve in the garden, like I called them to serve, like I blessed them, like I anointed them with the Holy Ghost, like I, you know, gave them companionship, like I, you know, gave them authority to name all, like I did all of this and so much more. I want to do for you. I want to 
I want to bless you. I want to show you my nature. I want to instruct you. I want to teach you. I want to you know, give you a life partner that loves Jesus. I want you to walk with me. I want you to know me. You know, the garden was a great place of fruitfulness. Blessing and multiplication. Not just that. The garden is a place of protection. God commanded his angels concerning that garden. Today the Bible says that God has commanded angels concerning you and me. And are going out and are coming in. The household of God, the ecclesia. The Bible calls it in the book of Hebrews in 12. The Bible says the ecclesia is a place where myriads of angels are there. The hosts of heaven. The angelic hosts of heaven are today there in the house of God. Today as you're worshipping God, angelic hosts are there. Why? Because God has sent them. Why? Because God is planting you in the house of God. The house of God is a place of protection. It's not just protection. It's a place of provision. Every tree of the, of the garden, Adam and Eve, take and eat. Enjoy it. It's a place of provision. But not only is it a place of provision, as much as it's a place of provision, all the trees of the field, take and eat. It's also a place of self-restraint. The garden was a place where God was teaching them to say, no, don't touch that. Don't eat that. Don't get into that. Don't do that. You know, God was teaching them self-restraint. When you come to the house of God, not only would God teach you how to enjoy the things and the blessings in the house of God, God will also teach you boundaries. God will tell you, don't cross that boundary. Don't get into that place of leadership where maybe God's not given you permission for. Or don't cross boundary with somebody in sin. Don't eat that or teach that or do that or, or lie like that. And God is teaching you self-restraint. God is saying, fear the Lord. When you are planted in the house of God, when we do life together as a family, as a church of God, as the believers do life together, there is a, there is a, a self-restraint that we learn by watching others. We learn how not to sin, how to flee away from temptation, how to walk in, in, in the honor of God. The house of God is also a place of godly order. If you look in Genesis 2.24, the Bible specifically says, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife. When God created the institution of marriage, God put a godly order. And the godly order was, until now, the man was under his father and mother. But now that he's getting married, they're forming a new, a new team. And this team is going to be a household under God. Where God would become their father and lead them from there. There was a godly order. That order was not to be violated. He can't, he can't stay you know, with his father and mother in the same covenant relationship as his wife. This was a new order. Why in this new order was how the next generation was going to come. There was a godly order in the garden. Even in the church of the living God where God is planting you and me. God keeps a godly order. There's a pastor that God places over the church. There are leaders and elders that God places over the body of Christ. <coughs> <coughs> there, are, there are leaders and elders that God places over the body of Christ. The household of God is a place of godly order. Not only is the household of a place of godly order, it is also a place where God wants us to complement one another. Maybe you have some gifts that I don't. And that's why the body of Christ needs you, because God gave that gift to you. If the body of Christ did not need you, God would give all those gifts to a few people. But the Bible says he's given his gifts severally to different people. And then he says, I'm calling all of you to come and serve together. The body of Christ is a place where we complement one another. Where we serve together, we encourage one another, we complement one another. The body of Christ was a place of blessing. With all these things in the garden, it wasn't a perfect garden either. Neither is the church of the living God where God wants you to be planted a perfect place. With all this in the garden, there was also some other things in the garden. There was temptation in the garden. The Bible says Satan, the serpent, was more crafty than all the beasts of the garden. And Satan, you know, used that serpent. Genesis 3 and verse 6 says, the Bible says in Genesis 3, 6, that the serpent was more crafty. And look what he says. And, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, Delight, she took it and ate of that fruit because there was now temptation in the garden. You see, when you come to the household of God, many people think that the church of the living God is faultless, 
is problem free, is sin free, is challenge free. No, it's not any of that. It, there is problems, there are challenges, there are sin there. Why? Because ordinary people from dysfunctional backgrounds and broken lives are coming there to grow in the Lord, to get instruction, to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to walk with God. So the garden was a place of temptation. The devil was there and he tempted Eve. Evil saw the tree was good and was a delight to the eyes and good to make one wise. She said, hey, I'd like to have that. The garden was a place of misrepresentation. There was a place where you'd look at some leaders and you'd think, they're not good. Look what happens in Genesis 3 and verse 4. And the serpent said to the woman who told the serpent, you know, if I eat of this fruit, I will die. Chapter 3 and verse 4, serpent tells Eve, you will not surely die. No, 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 Eve, you won't die. You won't die, I'm telling you. Because God knows the day you eat of that fruit, your eyes will be opened and you will become like God. God's just a jealous God. God is jealous of you. You see, Satan misrepresented Adam and Eve's leadership. In the house of God, there will be people who will misrepresent the heart of God. There will be pastors who will teach you all kinds of wrong things about God so that they can get a fan following. In the house of God, there will be people who will also misrepresent the leader's heart to you. That because that can happen in the house of God. We are ordinary people. We are not faultless, sinless people. The house of God is full of ordinary people who want to follow an extraordinary God. So in the house of God, there was a, there was a misrepresentation of the nature of leadership. In the house of God, in the garden, there was a falling from grace. Adam and Eve ate that fruit and they fell from grace. In the house of God, people can make mistakes just like had happened in the garden. The garden ended up also becoming a place of competition. Eve, in her heart, she thought, I want to become like God. I want to become like God. I want to rule like God. I want to, I mean, why, does, why is God so jealous of me becoming like him? You see, it was a, in the garden was a place of temptation, but the garden was a place of fall from grace. The garden was a place of saying, I want to be like God. That's why many times you come to the house of God, you see people power hungry. That's it. They're hungry for power. They want that power. Sometimes people without any power are also power hungry. So why does that leader want all the power all the time? Why do they want all the decisions all the time? Why don't they allow me to make those decisions? You see, it's a place where we long for power. Why? Because ordinary people come there. The garden was a place of many limitations because it was not immune to temptation from the devil. God had not shut the devil out. God had given the Holy Ghost to Adam and Eve so that they could walk under the power of God. The garden was a place of alternate coverings. You know Adam and Eve in verse 7 of chapter 3. They took leaves and they covered themselves. And they hid behind those leaves. Many times we, we make the house of God. We come there. We think everybody will be honest and vulnerable and open and all of that. And you find people hiding behind their own leaves. You come to the church and you'll find our people hiding behind their sin, hiding behind the trees or the creation of God, hiding behind their gifts, hiding behind their abilities, hiding behind their music or hiding behind their preaching or hiding behind their, their you know, behind people. They don't want to come front because they're afraid if I come front, people will know that I have sinned or mistake. The garden is a place where people hid. And today in the house of God, many, many people are in the house, but they're hiding in the house of God. It's a place where people are hiding. The garden was a place where they hid from the presence of God. Adam and Eve did not want to meet with God. They were so ashamed of themselves. You know, the garden was a place of shame. The garden was a place where they felt ashamed. They were so ashamed of, of their exposure that they were exposed. They were so ashamed that they, others found out about them that they would, others would see their nakedness. Others would see that they had sinned. And so they're so ashamed. They're hiding from God. They're hiding away. What if God sees? God had already seen. God is omniscient, omnipresent, omni. He knows all things. He's all powerful. God had already seen. He had seen so much that from the beginning, foundation of the earth, he sent Jesus as the savior of the world because he knew that one day Adam and Eve would hide from shame. The garden was a place where they were hiding from accountability. They didn't want to give account anymore of their life. They wanted, to, they wanted to hide behind the provisions. You know, they want to hide behind the blessing, what God will give, the multiplication, the, the blessed job they have, the money they get, the, and all of that, the blessings. The man of God will pray for you and bless you. And then they hide away from accountability. We don't want to give account of our lives. 
We hide from leaders. We hide from pastors. What we do is we say, no, I don't want to come to this house of God. But people of God, God is saying today, with all these limitations, I want to still plant you in the house of God. I want to plant you because the blessings far outweigh the limitations of the house of God. I want to plant you because the Holy Ghost, God wants you to do life together. The, the house of God was a place of, of blaming one another. Eve's, Adam said, it wasn't me, it was the woman you gave me. The woman said, it wasn't me, it was the, the serpent. Many times in the house of God, people end up blaming one another. They blame one another and say, you know what, I, it wasn't me, not my fault. Why are you always blaming me? In the house of God, there will be people blaming. The house of God was a place of banishing. God passed judgment and banished Adam and Eve out of the garden. He said, I want you to step out of this garden because I need to protect you from the tree of life. It was a place of judgment and banishing. It was a place of spiritual death. The house of God is a place where so many limitations and faults are there. But yet, even though it was all of this, God says, I want you to be planted in the house of God. I want you to be part of this family. Why? Because the house of God is also a place of reaching out to God. The house of God in Genesis 3.10, the Bible says, God comes and cries out, Adam, Adam, where are you? The house of God is a place where God reaches out to you and me. And he wants to heal and he wants to bring tremendous restoration in your life. Come unto me just as you are. Come unto me all that are thirsty. Come unto me all that are burdened and heavy laden. I will give you rest, says the Lord. The house of God. Even though your sins are red as scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. God is saying, come. The house of God is a place of repentance. It's a place of reaching out to God and it's a place of confession. Adam in chapter 3 and verse 10, Adam said, you know, yes, we err that tree. We err that fruit. It's a place of confession. Did you eat of the tree? That I told you not to eat of. And Adam confessed. And he said we err. And because we've been afraid. And that's why we're hiding. You know the Bible says. Confess your sin one to another. And you will be healed. The house of God has tremendous healing. Not only does it have faults. But it's also a place of forgiveness. It's a place where one can love one another. It's a place where we can say sorry to one another. The play, it's a place of humility. The house of God is a place of God's amazing love. The house of God is also a place where God will expose the deceiver. The Bible says in Genesis 3.11, And he said, Who told you that you are naked? God asked them. Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you not to eat? And they begin to talk about, and, and Adam said, It's the woman. And the woman said, God asked the woman, What have you done? In verse 13. And the woman says, It's the serpent who deceived me. And I ate. The house of God is a place where deception gets exposed. When accountability is there, your deception and my deception can get exposed. When we give people freedom to ask questions, the house of God is a place where God wants to expose your deception, bring you out of the lies you're believing in your mind so that God can heal you. That's the house of God. That's why He brings you among people that care about you, love you, pray for you. The house of God is a place where they'll pray for you. They'll uphold you. They'll make intercession. God stood in the gap. And the house of God became a place of judgment now. He said, Eve, because of everything you've done, this is the judgment that's going to come on you. You're going to bear child in pain. You're also going to, you know, there's going to be consequences. You're going to be having to be under the rule of your husband now. It was in the garden because of the fall that the husband was placed as the head of the home because order had to be restored now that she challenged God's order. And then God looks at Adam and says, Adam, you're also going to, you know, you're also going to suffer. You're going to work in the ground and you're, there's going to be consequences of the sin. There was a judgment. What happened? The garden became the courtroom of heaven. It became the, the court of heaven in the garden in the same way today. The Bible says God is making the church of the living God the courtroom of heaven. The Bible says, is there not a wise man among you who can judge between the brothers? If anyone sins, let him be brought before the church, the Bible says. So that he can repent or he can confess or he can be forgiven. The house of God is a place of judgment. Not only is it a place of judgment, it's a place where God will clarify, Satan is your enemy. 
the blood and flesh and blood has not you know is not your enemy man's not your enemy satan is your enemy the house of god he will and god will say i have given you all authority again to trample over snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy nothing shall harm you man is not your enemy the house of god is where you learn to understand the devil is your enemy the house of god is also a place of prophetic future god looked at adam and eve and said the seed of the woman is going to crush the head of the serpent and i want you to know that the house of god is a place of prophecy it does not matter what your present is if you come to the house of god god will have a prophetic word for you god will build you god will mold you god will teach you and then he will release his prophetic word upon you so that you will have a hope and you will have a future you will not live a life of confusion don't run away many people are living lives of confusion you know the life of confusion is a curse spoken upon the rebellious in Deuteronomy and chapter 28 that the none of the diseases the confusion that came upon the Israelites and the Egyptians it will not come on you god does not want you to live a life of confusion he wants you to live a life of fruitfulness the house of god will be a place of your fruitfulness you will bear much fruit from your pain god will bring healing genesis 3:16 The Bible says in Genesis 3:16 and 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 you will bear fruit but it will be in pain but nevertheless there is going to be fruit bearing still and that fruit bearing even though it's in pain I have a prophetic future for that fruit hallelujah the house of god is a place of god's plan prophetic plan for your future generations he's saying your future generations is going to crush the head of the serpent hallelujah the house of god is a place of god's covering God will say can you put those leaves away because I got a blood covering a sacrifice that I'm making God himself sacrificed an animal and he took that skin of the animal and covered man in a blood covering in the garden today when he comes to the house of God the bible says that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness you come to the house of god you come to jesus there is an anointing god puts on you he is a refilling with the holy ghost there's a cleansing with the blood there is a prophetic plan for your generations there is an authority god is putting back on you the bible says the house of god is a place where god's going to put that authority back on you what no matter how you have walked away from god god is restoring that authority if you will receive his lordship back onto your life he's covering you he's covering you the bible says the the, the bible says his he shall be a shield and rampart in front of you the bible says whether you turn to the left or right his presence will go with you the bible says the eternal god is your refuge underneath are his everlasting arms the bible says under his pinions you shall be covered he's got you surrounded on either side his shield is in front of you his he's your rear guard his arms are underneath you his feathers are above you the house of god god covers you with his glory come to the house of god be planted in the house of god it is a place of god's protection when you come to this house of god he commands angels concerning you and i want you to know god will protect you when you're going out and coming in if you have been somebody who's not understood the power of being planted in the house of god i want to tell you today the lord jesus says be planted in the house of god because there you will find family you will be family to people and you will walk into the fullness of god you will be like the cedars of lebanon you will be like the palm trees planted in the house of god and will flourish in everything that you do May the Lord plant you in a powerful way. Don't have Jesus as your savior alone. Today let's welcome him into our life as our Lord. Let's worship the Lord as we as you need to give your life to God once again and say Lord, I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my master. I want you to be not just my savior. And I want to do life in the house of God just like in the garden everything you gave in the garden Lord similarly that glorious presence is there in the church today like you planted Adam and Eve in the garden you want to plant us and we want to submit our lives to you today and we want to say every knee shall bow every tongue
Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wscc.in.